everyone. This is Charlie Levine, and you are listening to the Angler's Journal podcast, brought to you by Angler's Journal magazine. Um, Angler's Journal is a bit of a different fishing magazine. We really celebrate storytelling and beautiful photography and interesting people and cool places. Um, if you're if you love to fish and you love to read, please check out the magazine. It's available online, anglersjournal.com. Grab a subscription and uh, become one of our readers. And for anyone who's been reading the magazine for any time, you may see you may have seen this gentleman's name. He's one of our contributing writers, and we've been using more of his stuff the last few years. He's a really great writer from New Jersey. He's got kind of a cool background story that I was um, really interested to get him on the pod and talk about. So without further ado, Mr. Michael Carr, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really, really honored to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. It's um, it's been fun getting to know you. You know, you're a, a New Jersey guy, and I grew up in Connecticut, and we're both sort of at similar stages in our lives with family and kids and all that stuff. And um, you know, having gotten to know you a little bit, um, one thing that I really wanted to talk about was I know earlier on in your life you had um, a pretty serious battle with cancer uh, that you overcame. And it seems like it kind of changed your perspective on things. And, you know, unfortunately, I think most people have someone in their life who has been through a big fight yeah, with cancer. And yeah. me personally, my mother, and, you know, you were great to talk to uh, when I was going through that. You were very supportive. And so, yeah, man, I just wanted to get you on and, and hear your story. Um, yeah, if you don't mind sure. sharing it with us. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, um, you know, uh, again, like you said, there, there's very few people that we, we all know that haven't been uh, touched by that illness in some way. Um, but uh, a really good friend of mine uh, who is kind of like a mentor um, in the in the process, he was uh, the athletic director at the school where I work. And sadly, he lost his fight with cancer years ago. But when I was going through uh, chemotherapy, we got to be close years ago. And he, um, he used to say to me, everybody's got something, right? So whether it's a devastating illness, whether it's uh, something that would be uh, conceived as, uh, you know, smaller than that, everybody's got something. Right. We're all going through uh, this thing. We're all just trying to do the best we can and get by and uh, and and be good to one another. So, you know, my story is kind of my thing, but, you know, it, it does, it, everything is kind of relative. We've all got something. And um, so for me uh, and, the, you know, kind of the, the way it all started was um, uh, when I was uh, 13 years old, I was. Uh, you know, typical uh, '90s kid, and uh, and I I had uh, delusions of grandeur of uh, playing in the NHL, <laughs> and uh, piece it, of you, cake. You, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely right. So I, I'm I'm five feet nothing, and I've been the same height and weight since I was 13 years old. So <laughs> there's no way I was playing in the NHL, but uh, I used to have a good time. Uh, on the ice flying around and, you know, trying to be uh, uh, the, the, you know, the next Brian Leach, uh, if you are nineties Rangers fans out there. Um, 
but uh, I laid down and blocked a shot and uh, uh, took a took a puck off the leg and just in a place that didn't have any padding. And uh, the injury just swelled up and it uh, it wouldn't go away. It was this kind of nagging thing that we kind of figured out. Well, why? Why? What's what's happening here? Eventually, long story short, we uh, got in, um, got the thing checked out, and uh, I found out that I had a bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma. It wasn't due to the injury. It was because of the injury that we found it. Uh, it was just kind of, yeah, it was a very strange way of, of finding it. Um, so that began for me, my uh, kind of eighth grade year uh, was spent in and out of uh, Morristown, uh, New Jersey, Morristown Medical Center, Morristown Hospital up here. Um, if anyone's, you know, in the New Jersey area, um, spent uh, uh, kind of a week on week off cycle of chemotherapy. And uh, in the middle, had a reconstructive surgery done on my leg called a limb salvage. Uh, so usually the, the protocol in 1996, 97 was uh, usually amputation for you. Yeah, they, 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 you know, if it didn't spread and mine thankfully didn't, uh, they'd usually amputate whatever limb that was there. But uh, there was a, a, a doctor fella, uh, he uh, was kind of pioneering this surgery called limb salvage, where he'd, you know, take an allograft bone, a, a cadaver bone and a titanium rod and fuse it all together with bolts and, uh, and a, really an amazing uh, bit of surgical <laughs> magic. Uh, and it turned out that, you know, he was doing it in uh, University Hospital in Newark, right, right up, uh, right up the block, you know, right up the road from us. And um, the funniest thing, uh, Charlie, you know, you think about how people's lives converge. Um, we walked in the first day to meet Dr. Joseph Benavenia uh, and uh, he and my father uh, went to high school together. They, oh, wow. they reconnected. They realized they went to high school together. You know, we walked in and like, I know you, I know you. Oh my God. You know? And they were uh, both uh, together in high school. And um, <clears throat> I've, you know, maintained a really good friendship with him over the years. You know, I try to have dinner with him once a year. He's now the chief of orthopedics at Rutgers in Newark and uh, just a phenomenal human, phenomenal surgeon and saved my leg. Right. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. And so we spent, um, but still, I mean, when Obviously, you're 13 years old, that must have been like your whole life was just kind of turned around because, yeah, I mean, when, riding bikes and out with your buddies and all those things just get kind of put to it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I uh, I had um, everything did kind of get put on hold, but I had a good, good group of friends. Uh, people would come visit in the hospital, you know, uh, they'd. Uh, they'd wheel like a VHS tape player in the, in the hospital room. And, you know, we'd watch videos and stuff. And uh, one of my buddies brought his Nintendo in, you know, we'd sit there and play Nintendo in the hospital bed. That's cool. uh, yeah. It was, you know, things, uh, people tried to maintain as much normalcy as possible. You know, my sister would come by and draw me pictures and, you know, my grandmother would sit with me and just, you know, bring me as much food as I could eat. And, you know, it brings out, it brings out the best in people sure. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, like, and I was saying like my dad would, my dad slept in the bed, you know, in a, in a chair next to me, basically every night I was in the hospital my mom would be there all day. My dad would be at work, you know, and then, then they'd kind of switch off. 
because uh, my mom worked a lot of evenings. Uh, she's a was in the hotel restaurant business, so she would work a lot of evenings. My dad would come in in the nighttime, and so um, obviously, you know, weeks in in the same room, in the same place. Um, you know, we talked we talked a lot. We talked a lot about things. We talked a lot about things we we love to do and things that we used to do. And uh, we were we grew up fishing. Um, so this is kind of how everything came together and you know how why I'm sitting here with you today and why we're you know talking about fishing you know we grew up my dad uh, had a, his family uh, his grandfather had a farm in Pennsylvania um, he grew up fishing the Delaware River and ponds and stuff and so when I was little he would take me fishing right to the you know pay lakes up in Sparta and the opening day of trout season we'd go out with our salmon eggs and have a good time and yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that we uh, had, you know, before this all happened, before my uh, illness happened, um, we had started to like explore uh, saltwater and started to think about saltwater because we were um, taking family vacations up to Cape Cod to east of Massachusetts. We, you know, pile into the, the family truckster and uh, <laughs> drive up like the Griswolds to uh, Easton for our family vacation week. And, um, you know, we had a, there was a you know, rusty surf rod and, you know, there was a flea market that used to sell um, old uh, surf plugs, you know. And so every summer we'd go to the flea market and see what kind of old, uh, you know, Gibbs uh, bomber we could find or what, you know, whatever. And, and then we'd go and try it out on Nauset Beach and try to catch everything. We were there at the wrong times and the wrong tides. We didn't know what we were doing. And you know, I didn't didn't realize that the um, striped bass were really not on their way back yet in ninety. Yeah. You know, in the nineties, then you know, we didn't know what we were no, doing, but we had fun. Buy a bass you know, back then. yeah, you couldn't buy a striper back then, but they were fun, and we 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 would we would talk about them and think about it, and and, and while we were in the hospital, we just you know we would kick around this idea. There's some some reason why we were drawn to to stripers, and it was. You know, mostly because we kind of thought they looked like a fish is supposed to look. You know, they were kind of, they were around, they were there, they were everywhere. And like, we just, it became elusive. We just wanted to catch one and we couldn't do it. And, you know, people listening to this be like, well, you know, you were doing everything wrong. Yeah, we were, but well, we didn't, you got to start somewhere. Why. I mean, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? So um, while we were sitting, you know, going through this as a family and dad and I would talk and I'd be like, you know, someday we're going to do that for real. We're going to, you know, get a guide. We're going to go out and we're going to try to find, you know, how to do that right. And, uh, and, and have some fun doing it. And uh, whether it be on the Jersey shore or whether it be somewhere else. Mm. And it was just kind of that thing we'd talk about and that thing we would do. And almost like setting a goal or a yeah, destination. Yeah. It's like when, when this is all over, we'll give that a shot. And so, as you know, right, um, life happens, things happen. It ended, right? In July of 97, it was like, it's your last day. Go home. That was it. <laughs> come back and come, come back in a couple months and get a blood test and a couple of uh, scans. And uh, we'll see you. And it was like, well, okay, uh, we'll just kind of go back to normal life, right? Of course, we didn't just have this traumatic experience. Uh, yeah, we'll I was going to say, like, there's, yeah. 
no PTSD <laughs> or just just nah, <laughs> none of that, none of that. So, um, you know, I got to be uh, during that process. You meet some amazing people. You meet some uh, wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, uh, that guy I was talking about earlier, the athletic director at the school I work, um, his name was Brian Flurry. You know, he uh, he came and visited me in the hospital with um, the uh, uh, hockey coach at the time, whose wife was also going through chemo. We kind of developed this whole. You know, Brian was sick. Tracy Day, Brian Day's wife was sick. They were, we were all kind of sick together in the same hospital at the same time. And I was a kid. These were adults, but we all kind of developed this little rapport, right? And they worked at the school called, um, uh, they worked at a you know, private school near me. And uh, I and ended up getting to go to that school for high school. And it's actually the place I've, I work now. And I've worked there for 17 years. Um, uh, the, um, the, the bond uh, that I had with these people in the school. And, uh, it was a really great way to transition back into life, if mm. you will. Right. You know, it's a, uh, it's a tight knit community. It's all boys. A lot of the, my buddies from town here went to that school and, um, we, uh, you know, it's still a wonderful place to, to work at right now. And I try to do that for the, you know, the next generation of people coming up. Um, but that, you know, like you said, I, like I was saying, the, um, coming back out of that experience, I, I walked into my freshman year with a bald head and, you know, sunken eyes and not knowing what to do. <laughs> what do you do? Right. You know, what do you do? Um, how do you keep going? Right. Um, and, uh, then, you know, again, my dreams of NHL glory, you know, I had a surgically repaired leg and I couldn't, you know, couldn't really skate again for years after uh, that. Uh, so at that, at that school, um, there was a, a wonderful guy named Ron Rodriguez, who was the athletic trainer. And he's like, well, you can't play sports anymore. So you come and uh, work with me. Right. And he sent me to EMT training. So I went to, I went through training as an EMT. Uh, emergency medical technician. Then I'm like, well, am I going to ride first aid calls? No, not really. So I didn't really do that in high school. Something I came back to later on in life. Um, but, you know, kind of another, found another avenue, found another road. And um, from there, you know, dad and I were still kind of kicking this idea around, you know, when, when are we going to go fishing? Right? And it's like now my freshman year and got through that. And then it's like my sophomore year. And I'm kind of back to normal. I'm feeling okay again. And, that, and that's when we planned uh, that summer. Uh, we're like, let's, let's go try to do this. And where do you want to do it? And ah, well, we can go back to, go back to Massachusetts. We could go down the shore. We could, and for some reason, we both kind of said, what about Maine? <laughs> we, always, I don't know why it was one of those things just kind of random in our, in our lives. We just said, you know, Maine's cool. Let's, let's try that. And so we researched it and, and found a guide on, uh, out of, uh, uh, Brunswick, Maine on the Kennebec river. And, uh, it was, we were going to go up there. We were going to eat some lobster. Cause you know, we were, we were, we're also a family that prides ourselves in loving, uh, all things about a place, right. The food, the atmosphere, everything. We try to get, get everything, um, get as much as we can out of an experience. And so we, dad and I both love shellfish, love lobster. And so the main lobster, let's go, go eat lobsters and we'll try to catch a striper. 
Mm-hmm. And, so at this um, point, you're like 14, 15. I'm, right, right now, yeah, I think it, I think it was uh, I was about 15 when uh, when we did this. For and real. by then, I mean, trip. after yeah. you go through something like that at that yeah. age, do you because you're still young, you don't have the perspective of you know all these years behind you. Did you feel like you know, let's go live it up, let's make every use of every minute, or were you still kind of like? Uh, reacquainting yourself to to feeling normal again. That's it. Um, it was more of, you know, uh, it was it was more of uh, frantic. <laughs> it was more frantic. It was like, let's do a, uh, do as much as you can. Do, okay. do do everything right now. I don't know if it was um, something that I could have pinpointed then. Yeah. Looking back on all the stuff that I was trying to do, I was involved in everything. I joined every club. I did every activity. I tried to, you know, I was the manager of every team so I couldn't play. I, I, I did try to do everything. Right? Okay, I'm with you. And, um, and so uh, that's certainly, an, you know, something that I've, looking back on now, thinking about now, uh, you can certainly see maybe that, you know, all through my teens and 20s, I was – I was going pretty fast. I was doing a lot of things. I was trying to have a lot of really cool experiences that, uh, and, um, you know, as many of them as I um, uh, maybe had and should have enjoyed a little more, you know, should have savored a little more. I tried just to just to pack cram them all in. in. Yeah. I tried right. to pack it all in. Um, so, so you and dad, you know, so you and dad are on your way to Maine. I want to, me and dad it, are on our way to Maine. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we, uh, um, you know, funny enough, we were, you know, right around that same, uh, area in the story, but, um, so the, uh, uh, we're on our way to Maine and we've booked a guide, uh, who's since retired. Um, and, uh, we are very excited, right? We're going to go stay at this little hotel. We're going to meet this guy. This guy's got his boat moored at his house. You know, you walk, you go, he's meet, he wants us to meet him at his house. We walk right down he's moored right there. We're going to go out. And we're going to fish for stripers. We are a little bit naive in um, what we've tried to do. Uh, yeah. So dad and I are acquainted with the concept of fly fishing, right? We are acquainted with it. We've attempted it in trout streams. My dad has a, uh, my dad had a, a six weight and he would go out on the lake with his buddies and, uh, caught an awesome rainbow trout, you know, and it was like almost a two pound rainbow. It was beautiful rainbows, you know, and, uh, had it, had it mounted in the house. It was really cool. Um, we don't have any clue what saltwater fly fishing is. We have no concept what that is. And we have booked one of the preeminent saltwater fly fishing guides in Maine ah. unwittingly. <laughs> okay. So you didn't, yeah. you were going fly fishing. We didn't know we were going fly fishing. Uh, we should have, but we didn't. Um, so we got down to the dock uh, and we met the guy. He was a salty Mainer, real, real great guy. Um, you know, nice, uh, nice fella. And uh, we see all these fly rods rigged up and ready to go. And we're like, um, <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, and this guy actually, you know, he was, he was Captain Spay Rods. For, wow. for stripers in uh in canada which time. is insane yeah exactly but that's um, pretty hard to do when you are not really we don't know and we and my dad you know my dad's you know 
a Jersey guy, and he looked and he said, "Hey, buddy, you got to get us some spin rods. We're we're never going to be able to do this." <laughs> and he's like, well, "Well, I'll bring some spin rods, but you're going to give it a try. You know, we're going to give it a try." And so we got out there. He rigs up a fly rod. He gives it. To, you know, he gives it to the two of us, and we are. You know, I mean, we can't, we can't do anything with it. You know, dad's roll cast and try to get it out there. We don't know what we're doing. He's like, all right. He took pity on us. The sun's coming up, you know, it's prime striper season. We can see him busting, you know? And so he, he's got some spin rods with plugs on them. And he uh, says, okay, here you go. And uh, that was it. We, we, first we got into him. We caught our first striper that day and uh, we both did. And it was, it was miraculous. It was wonderful. It was like, Tears it was, joy. we were uh, like, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was elation. It was just absolute elation. We were catching stripers and Charlie, you know, the, I wish I could go back to that spot where we were catching these bass. You know, I, I wish I knew exactly where it was, but we're on the Kennebec river in Maine in the summer, the sun's coming up. You know, yeah. I, I swear to God, there was a moose, you know, on the shore. You know, it, everything was perfect. It was absolutely it's a beautiful, perfect. beautiful place for people yeah. who've never been. It's a rocky coastline, very dramatic, big tide yeah. swings. It's it's just a cool place. It's 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 it was wonderful. It was like the perfect estuary kind of moment. And uh, we were just so excited and had a great day. And the guy drove us, you know, he took his boat. And he uh, he parked uh, on a dock where we walked up and all three of us got lobster rolls, you know, from traps they pulled that morning. Oh, you know? wow. Everything was perfect. It was yeah, perfect. That, that sounds like it, a it just, wonderful, it, it, wonderful It just memory. became a, uh, a wonderful day and uh, one that we um, wanted to replicate over and over again, right? Uh, and so, you know, then – you know, we started to go back and try to fish with this guy because um, he would come down to the Cape. We'd, we, you know, we booked him for a, 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 to go out and catch him uh, off the Cape. And, um, you know, I was always fascinated by uh, this concept of, of fly fishing for stripers, right? We never did. Did you and your it, dad but, yeah. run to the store and get yourself some gear after this trip? <laughs> yeah, we did. You're like, I'll yeah, take we an did. eight weight, yeah. a nine weight. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we uh we did. Um we didn't we didn't buy fly rods though. We bought we bought spin rods. We bought surf rods and uh we're like oh there's the Jersey Shores right there. We, we gotta go, you know. So sure. that's that's when we started to try to you know, get down to, uh, to the shore. Um, Sandy Hook's not far from, from where I live right now. You know, Sandy Hook National uh, Seashore is one of the great, great places to catch stripers. Uh, but that Jersey, fly fishing you know? bug was implanted. It's in my head. <laughs> it's in my head. <laughs> and probably from that whole morning. I mean, it sounds yeah. like it was the, to hear you say, I wish I could go back there. It's like the only way you can never go back to that is in your head. It's never, That's right. even if you did go back there, there's going to be 50 mansions on the shore now. It's not the, it's, you can't always go home. It's just, it's not home anymore. It changes. Yeah. So I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, but it's that good memory. Yeah. Now it's like, it sounds like you mostly just fly fish these days, right? 
Well, the, that's a funny story about how that happened too. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I was, you know, all through my teens and twenties, like I said, I was going fast. I was doing a lot of things. Uh, was traveling a lot. Uh, you know, I, I, I joined our local first aid squad in earnest. Uh, I was a volunteer EMT for 16 years, just kind of hung it up, you know, the last year just with the kids and couldn't, couldn't give enough time for it. So I was doing a lot. I was doing things in the community. I was traveling to East Africa, working with, um, you know, rural clinics. I was trying to teach. I was getting a master's degree. I was figuring out all these different things. Right. And fishing kind of took a back burner to that, but you know, I still had my dad's six weight. He, you know, gave it to me. And so I, I try to hit the trout stream every so often. And then, you know, try to take the surf rod out whenever I could and just tried to stay involved, you know, little bass ponds in the area, but I didn't really do it as much as I wanted to. And then I, you know, as, uh, you know, as, as, as every good story goes, uh, you find your partner, you find your, you find your ideal mate, you find your person that kind of completes you. And my wife, Chelsea is that person for me. And, she always knows what is what is best. Um, so we're going through our, our 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 life, our marriage. We're having two kids. I I uh, come down with a terrible bout of pneumonia from just working hard, from stress, from you know frantic pace of of life. And I'm laying in a hospital bed again. You know, this time as an as a as a grown man with an infant son at home and a toddler and trying to figure out, well, what am I doing? You know, what, what am I doing myself here? And, uh, she was, um, she was so prescient and she said, you need a hobby or you're going to die, <laughs> you know? So, uh, she's, that's what she said. And, and I, and I, and I said, you know what I do, I need a hobby. I need to, hmm. I need to devote myself to something again. I need to devote myself to it in a, in a, in a, in a better way than maybe I was. And I had always been fascinated by saltwater fly fishing, Charlie, you know, I had seen people do it, uh, when I was, you know, surf casting, uh, down the shore, I had seen people do it in videos. And I was like, and I remembered that trip to Maine and I was like, man, what, what, what must that be like? Uh, to do that, to catch the fish that I love and have fallen in love with over the years on a fly rod. The way life works, it's funny. My parents, uh, I told you my mother was in the hotel restaurant business. My parents, uh, we bought a house a block away from where my parents lived, you know, to start our life. Mm -hmm. And we thought, oh, this is going to be our family compound and a great, this is going to be great. And then my parents came and said, we're moving to Martha's Vineyard. See you later. <laughs> they picked up Lock, Stock and Barrel. Well, that's and a moved. good spot. Oh. Yeah. So, well, my mother got a chance to run this hotel in Edgartown and Martha's Vineyard. They always wanted to live by the ocean and they, this was their time and this is what they were supposed to do. And I'm so glad they did it because they picked up and moved. Uh, You're so like, sweet, 10... I've got a place to stay out on the vineyard. <laughs> That's right. I was like 10, that was like 10 years ago. We, and, and we were like, we had never been to Martha's Vineyard uh, as a family. You know, we were, I told you we went to Cape Cod, but they had um, been excited to uh, find this new community in Edgartown. And I was like, well, I, I hear there's some good fishing in Martha's Vineyard, right? <laughs> and funny enough, the hotel that she took over had a boat and it was like, okay, well, 
and you're just getting over this horrible bout with pneumonia and you need a hobby. And it's like, well, now's the time. Now you're going to do it. Now you're going to, now you're going to figure out what it is you want to do with the rest of your days. And, um, and so that's when I went back and got the eight weight and, you know, the nine weight, actually, you know, I got the nine weight and got the thing and I'm like, I'm going to practice and I'm going to, and, and I, I took it, you know, as anyone who's ever, really taken up fly fishing in earnest it's a deep dive you don't you don't touch your toe into fly fishing if you're really into it you'd take a huge deep dive you know uh this isn't this isn't the pack of uh tackle shop uh trout flies that i was using and you know uh, this is like i was all in i was all in i was you know uh orvis fly fishing uh podcast every week with tom rosenbauer you know, watching every video on yeah. YouTube, trying to figure, you know, who, who's Tim, you know, who's Tim Flagler, this guy tying all these amazing salt flies on, on YouTube. Oh my God, Joe Cermelli. Oh, who's this guy? It was a Jersey guy and hook shots. And I, I, oh, you know, it was just around the time that his web series was coming out. And I was like, wow, that guy's the editor of Field and Stream. And he seems like a cool dude. So I'll watch all of his stuff. And, and then all these people were doing it. And I had a chance to like do it out in a really cool place. And again, this is like 10 years ago. Um, and, uh, and it just kind of started in earnest from there. Um, and I your life's been great. so much better ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so much better, Charlie, honestly, you know, that, like I said, she said, get a hobby and man, uh, I, I got a hobby and, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I obviously love, still love going to the river for trout and uh, for trout and trout fishing. I do that all the time. I, I'm the head of our anglers club at school. You know, I'm trying to teach other, teach kids how to fish, yeah. but man, if I, if, if, if you give me a, a nine weight and a, and a, and a nice day chasing stripers, I am, I am the happiest guy, you know, uh, that's and great. I'm not, a, <laughs> I mean, you know, 10 years worth of casting practice. I still am, you know, uh, I still learning every day. You know, I still am. That's gotta, part of the fun. Practice it's all the time. And, you know, yeah. I'm, There's always <laughs> a new thing to do, a new trick, another way to get a foot longer cast yeah. or, and that you never stop learning. And I've experienced that too. It's like, I recently kind of got back into fly fishing after yeah. getting more into offshore fishing for a while. And it, it it's fun because of that because it is so there's so many different species there's so many different ways to do everything top water sinking lines yeah. you know it's it's just it never never ends and um that's cool and then you you also started writing about it right and so you're, well, you're an english teacher i don't even really know what do well, you, Charlie, you're teaching yeah. so statistics I am or teacher. something. No, no, <laughs> no. I am an English teacher. I've been an English teacher for uh, 17 years. I have okay. a master's degree. I have a master's degree in literature. And you know what that means, Charlie? That means I am a frustrated writer. Every single English teacher on the planet has the great novel in the drawer and the collection right. of poetry and this, that, the other thing. Every, and everything. if they don't, they're lying to you. You know, we are, we're all frustrated writers. We're all because we love it so much, you know. I'm well, it's similar to that fishing literature thing too. And, yeah, it, you know, yeah. you're constantly trying to get better, but the only way to really get better is just keep doing it. That's right, and and so um, when I when I really uh, kind of you know fell back in love with this idea of I'm going to fly fish for everything as much as possible, uh, and I'm going to do that in earnest. It's like, well, I, I also love to like 
write about it. I mean, I love to like tell these, tell some stories about it. And I kind of know how to do it a little bit. I've practiced, I've tried, I've gone through. Well, you've probably uh, read a lot. Yeah. You obviously like to read. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, I mean, when I, like I said, when I took that deep dive, like 10 years ago, I mean, I got every book you could get, right. Mm -hmm. I got John, you know, the collected works of John Gierak, you know, I got the, uh, trout bomb i'm reading everything i'm reading all that stuff and uh you know i'm finding every magazine i'm reading all the magazines you know and i'm reading all of the 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 authors coming out i'm reading monty burke and i'm reading chris dombrowski and i'm reading you know all the uh i'm I'm going back to jim harrison and reading his nonfiction and and just i'm I'm reading constantly and constantly kind of trying to fill myself uh with uh the notion that you could love this sport so much and then uh, how to how to retell it, um, and so I tried. I tried to tried my hand at it and uh, sent some stuff out there and got some good feedback and people liked it and wanted to read it and uh, I just kept working and kept going and kept going and until um, I finally uh, you know uh, got a chance to submit something to to Bill Sisson at uh, at Angler's Journal. Um, had a chance to work with um, one of the, uh, I guess, legends of the saltwater scene, uh, Captain oh, Paul Dixon. Best. Well, but Bill, of course, is the best. But you know, uh, I brought Bill this uh, story about Captain Paul Dixon out of Montauk, and Bill had known Paul, and and just getting to know Bill uh, was uh, such a honor. You know, he, he was he was so encouraging and and so great and. So writing this profile on Paul um, was uh, was really tremendous, um, and you know through that I got to meet uh, a guy who I've collaborated with a number of times, James Manning, a terrific photographer. You know, a guy who is uh, goes by the Angler's Lens on Instagram. If anyone hasn't seen his stuff, yeah, run immediately good. to check it out. He's uh, he's one of the best going. Um, and you know, I was a volunteer EMT at the time. James was a firefighter. We had that connection. And uh, so we got to be friendly after that. Um, and that first article I sent to you guys uh, on on Dixon um, just kind of led to this uh, tremendous creative partnership uh, with Bill and now with you, Charlie. And, and it's just been it's been really awesome to um, to try to hone the craft and hone the process. And I'm writing a bunch of other things all over the world and all around, and just trying to keep uh, keep busy and uh, keep um, kind of the love of the sport um, at the forefront because, um, you know, writing about fishing can be, uh, I guess, uh, very uh, self-fulfilling, but if it's not entertaining and, and fun, um, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, cause the well, that's one like, thing I like yeah. about our magazine too, and not to toot our own horns too much, but it's like, you know, you brought up your wife. I don't know if she fishes much, but you know, I've been with my wife a long time and she doesn't mind being out on a boat. She'll, she likes, but she's not super into fishing, but she gets that I am. And, um, yeah, same deal. She'll be like, you're acting like a dick. You need to go fishing (laughs) or whatever. You're being a bitch. Get out of here. Um, but she'll often say to me, you know, anglers journals, like one of the few magazines, fishing magazines I read because it's actually really good storytelling. It's not just like how to sharpen a hook or, you know, a lot of the how to stuff, which not that there's anything wrong with that stuff, but it's just not really what AJ does. 
And for a writer, you know, I still write all the time too. For me personally, it's so much more fun to write those more um, personal stories. Even if you're doing a profile, you kind of inject your own experience with that person. And that's what it is. It's about the experience. It's about trying to get the person out there doing whatever the heck you were doing. So yeah. I hope as a writer, I, you, <laughs> you, you oh, think... I mean, you, you guys are, are putting, putting out uh, one of the best things out there. I mean, it is, it is about the journey. It's about the, the, the connection uh, to, to the sport. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to try to retell uh, some of the uh, experiences that we had you know like you're talking about trying to revisit that moment with my dad and that elation and trying to figure out what that was um and 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 in in the written process it's like um, you're constantly trying to uh, uh you you have this really great thing that you want to share and you want to you want everybody to have the same experience that you do and that's to me the the excitement the enthusiasm, the the um, just the, the the joy that I that I feel every time I get a chance to get out on the water, it, it's like I want to bring that to everybody. Here, 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 share it with me, you yeah. know, because it's just so much fun. And yeah, uh, even if, the agony of defeat, because that's part of yeah, it too. exactly. <laughs> and there For was sure. so um, Michael sent us an article, funny enough, about a trip he did to Maine, and we're working on it for an upcoming issue. And there was one part in there where you talk about, and I'm sure this has happened to everybody where it's like photo op time, here's your fish. And you, it's you like, it did not go well. <laughs> no, no. So this is a great, this is uh, I mean, I, Charlie, I'm, I mean, I am, I'm junior varsity, you know, I am not, you know, I'm not the guy that is going to, you know, be on the, on the on the TV show anytime soon with his hundred foot cast and his uh you know grace and prowess I, I I'm just out there having a great time and and I'm with James and James we're uh, uh, James Manning he's got this amazing um, underwater housing for his camera and we got into uh, uh, just a really good fish I mean it's a beautiful the, the fish that for Maine in the summer and and a great it was a great cat. I did everything right. It was wonderful. It was perfect, right? And uh, I got the you got the fish to the boat. Uh, I got a little grip and grin uh, with uh, you know courtesy of the captain Eric Wallace. And James is like, I got the underwater housing. Let's release it underwater and we'll get this amazing shot. And so I'm like, of course, no problem. I'll get it. I'll get a we'll get a great release. We'll get this thing back in. I mean, it was this is all in a matter of thirty seconds. You know, trying to get the fish back in the water as quick as we can. And I just, I, I turned and fish is, fish is gone. <laughs> you know, it's like not even, didn't even, it wasn't even a, a moment of like grace. Whoops. It was, it, and, uh, and Eric was still snapping photos. So there's a, a sequence of, you know, Hey, wait, ah, no. And then the fish is overboard. Oh. So there's like the, the sequence <laughs> of, of everything and the fish going overboard. It's, uh, you know, but that's um, part of it that ha everybody of course. is going to relate to that. I mean, I could tell you five stories where I did something very similar. It's like, and I like that in your writing. It's very honest. You don't come off, you know, sometimes 
oh boy, how do I say this? Some writers come off as kind of pompous, you know, like, <laughs> oh, highfalutin, whatever. And I don't like to read that stuff. And and I I, I enjoy your stories. Um, it's good to have you in the magazine. Um, it was fun to hear Thank your you. backstory. And, you know, when I was going through all that stuff with my mom, it was nice to uh, talk with you about it a little bit because you obviously knew exactly what I was going through and um, yeah man it's yeah, just man. it's cool yeah. to work with you and, and it's funny a lot of those names you mentioned of people you read we've been we've been very fortunate to publish stuff from those fellows too so it's a great yeah. group of people we have here and um, yeah man that's uh, terrific I, I'm very very honored to uh, to have been uh, uh, working with you guys for you know the last uh two years or so and, and certainly glad to be uh talking to you here today it's uh it's 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 a really um it's a really great community the fishing community when you when without you a doubt it. man and uh, best job and in the just, world <laughs> when you get uh when you get a chance to start to meet uh some of the your uh, like you were saying you know guys like uh monty burke and chris dombrowski I, i've now had the chance to like converse with them and chat with them and it's like you know you get to meet you get to meet the people you're you're excited by and you get to meet like you know get to get to be friendly with a guy like sir Melly. you get to be friendly with mm -hmm. you know pete kutzer from orvis who you know basically taught me how to cast right you watch kutzer's youtube videos and you're like oh that's how you do it <laughs> right mm -hmm. so the uh it's 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 just cool and and then to to, to work with bill and now you and it's just you know to see um just to to have something that you enjoy so much uh because again you know i i have i have so much free time as a full you know full-time job and two kids i got so much free time to get out there on the water right uh yeah, but i to, know how that to goes now, <laughs> right to uh to now get uh to, to, to every time i get the chance to go out to then have this community that i can bring it back to you know to to share it with and to be excited about it with um is for me so fulfilling and stress levels way down charlie you know i think everybody everybody should go fishing a lot more and our stress levels would just come down as a people it's, it's you know? the one new year's resolution i make every year is i'm gonna fish more <laughs> this year and you know you get into youth sports and all these things and yeah you do what you can man but i agree tell your That's wife right. i said uh thanks for giving you that advice i i hope uh, other I partners out there are listening and will give the same <laughs> advice to their partner um and yeah she's actually gonna go take it up uh this summer she's gonna go to the uh i think she's gonna go and and, and take some she's excited to get into it and i'm like wow we can do it together that's that's even better so oh i got some I, advice for you there <laughs> though real quick <laughs> i'm gonna tell you a quick yeah. story oh go ahead don't try to teach her my advice would be oh no no set never. up with no, somebody no 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 I'm sending her to the Orvis school. Yeah, she, yeah, no okay. way. <laughs> yes. I, there was a really funny story. The first time I took my wife offshore fishing, um, we were on a friend of mine. He has a charter boat off Cancun and we went sail fishing and I give, she had never held a conventional reel in her life. And I was trying to teach her how to drop back a bait to a sailfish in a matter of like five minutes. You know, I picked up the reel, had her hold it. This is how you do it. So anyway, we get offshore and everything goes crazy. We're into like a huge mass of fish <laughs> and we've got multiple bites and I start yelling at her because she, you know, birds nest a reel and she got all frustrated and the, the mate on the boat 
this guy named Arch, Captain Arch Brecher from uh, North Carolina. He goes, Charlie, you stand over there. Diane, you come <laughs> with me. And he was like, all chill. And he taught yeah. her. the. And by the end of the day, man, she had it down. So that is oh, my no, advice. Yeah. Don't even try. <laughs> Just Listen, uh, you know, get like, her set I, up. I know. I know what my strengths are. And I know, man, Chelsea is uh, uh, much, much smarter than I am. She will she will take to that cast uh, very quickly. And anything I would say would just mess it up. So she's going to do it. And then we're going to just go fishing together. (laughs) You you are wise. That's the way to do it. (laughs) So, yeah, no, we're have a. Uh, I appreciate this, this Charlie. This was, uh, this was yeah, really fun. Thanks it's good a lot to have for you having me. Fun. Uh, for all you readers out there, make sure to check out Michael's stuff and upcoming issue. And if you're a, a new writer and you are wanting to share your stories, don't be scared. Shoot me an email. All the information's in the magazine. You never know. You might be the next Michael Carr. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll see you later. Right. Thanks.